We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here with me today. Lots of you are really responding with the reviews and ratings, and it's much appreciated. Um, This one comes from SF2002 via Apple Podcast Reviews. Gave us five stars. Titled it, Cooley's Appearances Are Awesome. Uh, They are. Uh, He was not on with me yesterday. I think he'll be on tomorrow. (laughs) We'll see. Kevin's refusal to pronounce the G in the word strength is hilarious. Anyone else would sound dumb. Isn't the G in strength a silent G? Yeah, there's no guh. It's not squank. There's no guh there. I didn't think there was. I've never heard somebody no, say strength. What part, of the, what part of the country is he from? Maybe that's where they pronounce it. I, you well, know? SF2002, maybe he's from the Bay Area. Who knows? Um, yes, from, that may be. From Skins33 and counting, uh, this podcast is the best Washington football resource. Tommy on the podcast is must-listen on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I would just add to that, today, as a news-breaking Thursday, uh, Tommy's got a column out that is news-breaking, and that's what we're going to start with. And I'll let you get started. By the way, don't forget to rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. And those that haven't, just take 30 seconds, pause, and write us a quick one- to two-sentence review. Rate us five stars. It just really helps us on the revenue generation uh, part of what we're doing here. Um, You told me, as you typically do, as we got ready to record this, did you read my column? And I said, no, I haven't read your column yet. I sent it to you. I sent it to you. I'm like, well, you did. And as as it turns out, you sent it to me at 7.25 a.m. You know, I am in the middle at 7.25 a.m. I'm in the middle of doing a radio show. From oh, six you, to nine can, you read stuff while you're on the air all the time. I really don't, don't. give me that. Not emails. Not emails. You know what? I have to fix my email situation. Because when you told me to go find the column, which I just did 10 minutes ago, since I cleaned out and, and trashed and, you know, whatever, opened up emails at, at, at four this morning, I got another 50 emails. I, I get so much bullshit 
spam. It doesn't go to spam. And so many times, Tommy, over the last many years, I go in and I go through that process of trying to stop getting emails from various places, but it never works. It never works. Okay. Here's a solution, you know, uh, Mr. Solutions. Create a separate email just for the show that you and I and anyone else in connected with the show would have. Well, I do have that, you know, through our website email, and I get a lot of show emails through that, which are very nice, and I read many of them. No, um, I mean, I don't mean – I mean uh, who are connected business-wise – who, who, through the, the, the podcast. What you and, like, uh, you, an you and I sharing a Kevin Sheehan Show podcast.com AOL account or Gmail account? Your, your account is still on AOL. Whatever you want to call by, it. By the way, I have a Yahoo account. Way, You've got an AOL way, account. How old are we? I, um, I have a Yahoo account, too. Ted Leones has once told me that my AOL name, was my was, uh, name on my uh, email was his, the favorite one he ever saw. Now, that was when he used to like me. That's when he used to so. like you. That's when one time you <laughs> yeah. and I were pulling into Capital One and we heard a, Sheehan, Lavero, and we turned around and it was yeah. it was Ted yeah. screaming at us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, let, okay, we'll, we'll discuss that okay. at another time. Um, yeah. Your column is a news-breaking column. That's correct, right? No one else has this? That's correct. Okay, now let me just give everybody some warning not to downplay it at all it's not that tommy has figured out who the new oc is going to be or the moves they're going to make at quarterback or who's going to buy the team Um, but it is a piece of news that has something to do with the team i'll let you explain it i just read the column i have several questions but go well uh it turns out the commanders uh first ever fan crews that they announced in August, as I said in the column, sunk before it's even left the, the port. There is no cruise. It's, o- it's over before Well, remind it everybody what the cruise is, because I, I, well, I didn't it, remember it, what the cruise was until I just read your column. Yeah, it was a fan cruise. They made a big announcement in, in August uh, of, the, of Doug Williams, Joe Theismann, and uh, numerous other alumni that were going to go on this fan cruise. I mean, you know, you know they, they have cruises for all kinds of things right. like this now. Yeah, bands do it all the we time. don't organize uh, I was just, I just wrote know? down a note. Why don't we do, why don't we do a podcast <laughs> cruise? Can I just tell you something, though? Yeah. I hate cruises. I hate them. I've never been, I've never been on one. Oh, my God, they're I've the worst. I've never been on one. As and my, now yeah. I'm afraid to go on one because I'm convinced that more people that, that, that the ship comes back with less people than when they go out. Well, you know, that's And my, I don't want to be that. Well, hold on. That's my thing with, with Tony. You know, years ago on, on Tony's show, when I was doing the news, you know, 15 years ago, I was doing some cruise story, uh, you know, as part of the news. And I said to him, I said, look, this is not new. P- the, the, typically, cruises go out and fewer people return. And there's all kinds of mysteries. Yeah. And he's like, what are you talking yeah. about? And then for that became a running theme. Every time there was a cruise ship story where it came back with a missing person, I would do that story. And finally, he was forced to believe me. But yes, but that's not why I hate yeah, cruises, although it's, it would be a good reason to hate a cruise. Well, when they made this announcement... Okay, look, the cruise operator business, not the cruise ship business, Mm -hmm. 
the cruise operator business, right. operating, putting together these things. It's a red flag business, okay? I mean, I knew it was something I should pay attention to and watch, because I knew there was a 50-50 chance it would be a screw-up, okay? <laughs> and that's, not even, the that kind of and that's not even the team doing it. Like, if the team yeah, had actually put it together, we know it would have been a screw-up. But this is a this yeah. is a third party that puts this together. Yeah, it's just that kind of business, okay? And you would think that they would know. Intelligent people in the marketing business would have felt the same similar red flag and did some examination of this guy, the first-class cruises that they were going to do business with. But apparently... Like like every other lack of due diligence in the building, see Carson Wentz, they did not. And uh, so I, I've been checking on it and doing research along the way. And the other day when I clicked on the link, it was gone. It just disappeared. There was no more link. So I called their customer service. It's just like a guy off the street saying, I want to find out some information about the cruise. And they had no clue what I was talking about. And it had no way to help me. So finally, this, this I is when you called the team. Yes. Okay. Their customer service phone number. By the way, try calling that sometime. <laughs> oh, I can only Holy imagine. Macro. Well, I bet every NFL team oh. team's customer service hotline isn't the, the the most responsive because it's just people calling. Are you kidding me? You went for that fourth and one. Um, but go ahead. So I finally contacted team officially through their public relations department. And I got the statement saying that there will be no cruise because of uh, changes that were made. They said by the cruise operator, whatever they were talking, whatever they were talking about, they've decided to abandon ship, uh, and uh, the cruise is off. So there is no cruise. They're going to try to do something to make the fans happy with the alumni. I don't know if that's try to run another cruise or some other kind of event. They did say that they will refund all the money, which I pointed out. This organization doesn't have a great track record <laughs> right. with refunding fans' money. Uh, and the reason I had asked that was because this same operator in Philadelphia a couple years ago, First Class Cruises, had, had made a deal with the Eagles to do a fan cruise. And now, to be fair, they got hit by COVID, okay, mm-hmm. COVID hit every and, and, and the cruise had to be uh, had to be canceled. But people weren't getting their money back. Right. You know, and then they finally went to the local TV station up there, Channel 10, and had to go on the air with a story about fans saying what a nightmare it was uh, trying to get their money back. And eventually, after the after the, the Channel 10 uh, in Philly story aired, they started getting their money back. And uh, the Eagles told me it was a cooperative effort between them and First Class Cruises, the company. But I was told by sources the Eagles refunded all the money. Okay, they, they bit the bullet on this thing rather than continue with the bad press. So that's why I asked about the commanders. Are, are they going to refund the money? They assure me that anyone who put up deposit money will be, will be refunded. Uh, so that's where it's at. So... Uh, you know, I have been gathering some string about this company, uh, of, you know, the various complaints uh, in, by the Better Business Bureau. Uh, I think there were like three dozen of them. Uh, they had it. Okay. 
No, so let me tell you that's it. First Class Cruises was a company started in 2019 by a guy named Jeffrey Nahum. And that's who the right. commanders were doing business with. Okay. Before, uh, he also has a company called First Class Vacations that has been around a long time. That company has a long track record of, of Better Business Bureau complaints. They have an F rating with the Better Business Bureau. Uh, they've got numerous court actions and lawsuits against them. And, you know, they're based, they're based, they were based out of Florida. Uh, the owner, Jeff Nahom, says they haven't been based out of Florida recently. They were based in Nevada. That's why they didn't have a license in Florida. This was his story, at least. Their license expired in Florida for both these companies. Uh, the Florida Licensing Department had at least three dozen complaints against them as well that have been unresolved. And there's just a long string. Uh, you know, I, I'll go all the way back to 2018 where a woman out in Kansas had to go to the local TV station there to get her to complain about the, the, the treatment they got, how they had signed up for a cruise, uh, gave, put up $3,600 for the cruise, and three weeks before the cruise, they called the cruise company, and the company said they had no record of any, uh, you know, the cruise ship line. They had no record at all of their, their reservation. Right. So that, that's, but that's the business. You know, you got to be aware of that if you're going to business with these guys. And the commanders, just like everything else, just like everything they touch, they just screwed it up. Mm-hmm. So that's the story. All right. So um, first of all, I- I'm more intrigued with this than I thought I would be after reading your column 15 minutes ago. I mean, when you said, have you read my column? And there's, you know, some news and nobody else has this. I mean, it would, I would have preferred something having to do with, you know, ownership or offensive coordinator rather than their, than their fan crews being canceled. But I'm, I say that because after listening to you and reading the column, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I have questions and I'm very impressed with one thing in particular. You really felt in your gut when they announced this, and you said they announced this in August? Yes. That something was going to go wrong with it, and you've been tracking Absolutely. it ever since? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, again, it's, a, it's, it's that kind of business. It's like, you know, the red flags. Look, the, remember, remember junkets, airplane I know, but, junkets? But, right. I, I, right. Be, airplane junkets used to be a big deal. In the 80s, mm-hmm. in particular, well, half of them were run by the mob. Okay, so I knew, I knew it's that it's it's the nature of the business. Okay, well, that, I mean, that's a. So re- it's, 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 you have a reporter's so note. Yeah, you've got a reporter's perspective, yeah. and you had a hunch. I just think it's interesting that a fan crew, like I here's here's the first thing I thought of. Okay, that's impressive to me. The first thing I thought of was before I got down to some of the details in your column, is nobody signed up. That's why they canceled it. Do you have any idea how many people actually had signed up for this cruise? No, I don't. No, I don't. But, I mean, I'm assuming since they're, they say they're giving refunds, they must have gotten some. Well, I mean, they could say they're giving refunds, and it could be to, like, six people. I mean, I... Yeah, they could. 
I mean, I write what people say. Right. I don't write. I, I mean, I have no way of knowing well, I'm, I'm how cu- much, how many people signed I'm up. I'm curious as to why you didn't ask that question, or did you, and they didn't give you an answer. I didn't ask that question. Because don't you think that would have been? Don't you think that's kind of a, 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 a an interesting part of the story? Like. I mean, I bet they would not give you a number because I can't imagine when 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 I read this, I'm like, I kind of remember this, I vaguely remember this. I just can't imagine that anybody was signing up other than, by the way, the part of the fan base you and I have been hammering here the last couple of shows. The, uh, let's just say, limited part of the fan base that basically still thinks okay, they don't do I anything wrong. I mean, but, but, who would go on this I, thing? I understand. I understand, and here's why. Understand because why? You're not. You're not going. You're not. Uh, you're not going on a cruise ship with Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke. You're going with Doug Williams. Just, you're just, going with Joe Theismann. I know, but what's the audience okay? for that now, Tommy? I mean, Seriously, what is the real audience for that? Uh, I, I enough to put together a cruise. I'll bet you. Okay. Um, that so that was one question I thought of, and then the second one is because the Eagles had been screwed by this provider, and again it was COVID related, but still the Eagles fans, which I bet they had many more signups for their fan cruise than the than the. Oh, this was post Super post Super Bowl, right? So right. Yeah, well, it could have been post anything compared to this franchise. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm shocked that like the NFL wouldn't have put out a memo to all 32 of their teams saying, "Hey, if you're thinking about a fan cruise, do not work with this person." But it, I'm assuming they didn't, or maybe they did in this organization, which, as we know, is also limited. Um, maybe just ignored or didn't see it. I don't think the NFL did. Uh, I don't think it would be high priority for them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I also am reminded, and I could be wrong about this, but I think one of Dan Snyder's first business ventures, entrepreneurial ventures, was some sort of spring break junket organizer. I think that that was one of his first businesses. Does that ring a bell for you or not? I, nothing, nothing in particular, no. Yeah. Um, I know he, I, I know he would, I mean, I don't know, I don't recall a lot about Skipper Dan's early days, except that <laughs> uh, his dad yeah. used to run this company where they did these ad, ad boards in offices and bathrooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember when you go in a doctor's yeah. office yes. and there'd be like well, a, that was a, a story that, yeah, that with, was a big with pro- illustrations? That that was, yeah, I remember that. That was, that was the business. That was dad's business. Yeah, well, that was a Snyder big part of their business. They were guerrilla marketers in the, you know, yes. in the pharmaceutical industry, and they were in doctors' offices, you know, pitching yes. on behalf of pharmaceutical companies. Everything that you know, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's the only. I, that's the only thing I recall about his early days. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, that's so interesting that you know the minute you saw this. You have been so you've literally for for months now been following up to see where it would go. Yes, hmm. I mean not every day, right? But, but you just know, I have a punch list. Yeah, you've got a punch. I have, list. I have a punch list hmm. of things to do to to check on, to you know make calls about to look into. So yeah. the so my advice about listen if you're gonna plan an event, do, stop doing it yourself. 
hire some experts or outsource it to an expert, let them do it, and it still got fucked up. So they still can't get anything right. Well, okay. Um, I can't imagine, honestly, that this affected a lot of people. I just... No, it didn't. I I mean, I don't know anybody... It probably didn't. Yeah, I don't know anybody... It it probably did ...that signed up to go on the team fan cruise. But it, it, it's a. It was it's a fun thing. It was important for the team because it's the first time they've done this. Right. Okay. Yeah, I've seen a okay, lot of. Ba- I've seen a, a lot of bands. Do, I've seen a lot of bands do this. Yeah. Like bands in yeah. their later years, they put these things together. They must be huge money makers for the providers. I, I, yeah. I'm, no, no, I'm not talking about the, like the broker, which they make money off of this thing. But it, it, I mean, because this is kind of a pain in the ass thing to put together, and then to go out and recruit, you know, Dexter and Gary Clark and Joe Theismann and Jordan Reed and Doug Williams to go on one of these things because they got to get paid. You know, you got to pay right. them to go on one of these things, and then you've got to obviously have the response to this thing that makes it worthwhile. The team, I don't think, is doing it just for, you know, fan you know, appreciation. The, the, yeah. you know, I mean, it would be, I mean, but I, I wonder truly what the response was <clears throat> to all of this. Um, well, you know, you're not doing a lot of uh, positive talking that would lead to our cruise for, for the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't. I don't think that we could make money on a Kevin Sheehan show podcast cruise. Someone would what have if to we really just did a three. What if, what if we just did a three hour on the Potomac? <laughs> That's different, you know, but okay. getting people to commit to several days on a, first of all, <laughs> I, one of the reasons I hate cruises is one of the cruises I went on and it's the last one I went on was a cruise to Alaska. I've told you about this cruise before, where it was 44, 45 degrees and raining sideways every single day in August. Now, there was, we we went for my, at the time, my father-in-law's 70th. So it was 10, 12 years, more than that, probably like 14 years ago, um, 15 years ago. And it was a lot of fun to be with family, but the weather was shitty. And really, as my brother-in-law dubbed it, it's it, cruises are floating food prisons. You know, you can't go anywhere yeah. unless you do these excursions, which we did a bunch of the excursions, but the weather was horrible. I'll tell you, I was on a, uh, on a puddle jumper for a salmon fishing trip with my father-in-law and my two brother-in-laws, brothers-in-law, and, um, and it was horrible weather pouring fog and i was convinced we were not going to get to where we were headed that was a terrifying white knuckler of a flight uh, but i'll tell you what we caught some massive king salmon um but um uh, it just it was like it was like you know every every 30 minutes it seemed like the bell was ringing for the next buffet <laughs> you know and it was just i could yeah. not wait to get off that ship but anyway uh we'll look into it We'll look into it. I think I think a okay. one day or on the Potomac would be I, that. That's more doable for people, you know. Here's what we need: what? we need somebody to uh, to organize it and, and do it for us, and just pay us our money, 
and we'll show up. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want them to screw our listeners. We have to pick the right person because at the end of the yeah. day, we want it to work out for our listeners as much as we want it to work out for ourselves. See, that's where you and I differ a little bit. You just want it to work out for you. I'd like our yes. listeners to be taken care of as well. And I don't want us to get off the boat that day um, and find out that um, you know they had been charged twice as much as they thought they were charged. And then they're chasing their money on this thing. It, by the way, to your overarching theme, of course the team should have done more due diligence on this provider. Given the track record he had, why would you have to look into this thing? I'm sure he probably sent you know a form letter out to every sports team in America saying that he'd done this very successful thing with the Eagles, and then the team's like, oh, this sounds like a good idea, and did no research and ended up hooking up with a, you know, a crook for all intents and purposes. It would be just like them to actually choose to outsource something and then pick the wrong guy to outsource it to. But I bet you I bet you a missing part of this story, not, and I'm not trying to do the work for you, is that there wasn't enough of a response to make it worthwhile for anybody involved. I bet you that's part of this story. But That may be. Um, I mean, think about it. What, what would make them think when they can't even fill the smallest stadium in the league up? And not only that, when they come close to filling it up, it's filled with the other team's fans. Do you think Look, on this? I'm going to do what, what you like to do. What? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare fruit, okay, which is something you like to do. I, I compare this fruit? This is apples and Oh, yeah, you do this all the time. Oh, apples, apples and oranges? And oranges. Yes. Okay. Thing, yeah. You know? Okay. This is apples and bananas. Okay? A handful of devoted fans who considered these guys, their heroes, are not the ones that are coming out to the stadium. They're exactly the opposite ones. Hmm. They're the ones that are sitting at home complaining about how screwed up the team is and why can't we have it like it used to be, and let's have it like it used to be, <laughs> except I'm going to be sitting and having dinner with Joe Theismann. Okay. Absolutely, I think it would attract people. Okay. I, I mean, it's a Gary Clark. It's not a, I mean, you, I mean you, could, you could get all the stories. You know how people love these stories. Looking at it from the side of the banana, I understand what you're saying. I still don't think – my guess is it's not – a massive audience. I don't think they were oversubscribed for this. That would be my guess. They may not, they and may I could not be, have been. I could be totally even wrong. If, even if this was a even if this was a break even proposition, yeah, it still served. It still would have. If done right, it would have served a good purpose for the team. Okay. Put it this way: when we did our lunch with a legend series over you know several years. And on this list, yes. we had Dexter Manley, if you recall, for one of them. That thing was oversubscribed to come down and see Dexter Manley at Ruth Chris's, at Morton's, excuse me, at Morton's uh, on yes. Connecticut Avenue downtown. Actually, a lot of ours yes. were oversubscribed. Um, but we weren't, yes. so, you know, I, I don't even know what the capacity of one of these things would be on a, on a cruise, a fan cruise thing. I don't know. I can tell you this. I did not look into... Um, being uh, a a passenger on that fan cruise, 
How much did it cost? Do you know? Do you know what the cost was? That's a good question. I should have asked. I mean, I'm going to guess that it's... I'm going to guess it's about $4,000. Ooh, okay. I would have guessed half that. And, you know, it, okay. uh, but, but you might be right. I don't know. Where was it going? Where was it supposed to go? You, you mentioned Costa Rica is oh, one about, place. Yeah, uh, three or four different stops. Okay. So you've never been on a cruise? No. That actually surprises me. Why not? I would imagine you and Liz would have gone on a cruise. Does, she, does well, Liz want to go on a cruise? Liz, no, Liz, Liz gets seasick, so she doesn't want to go oh, on a okay. cruise. Oh, okay. Well, there you I go. I don't get seasick. Yeah. I like being on boats. Uh, but we just never had the opportunity gotcha. to be on a cruise. It, and uh, and as I grew older and realized that there's a chance I may not never see my home again once I get on the ship, uh, <laughs> they didn't seem as, as interesting to me. Here's uh, the only, we're still looking for Lavero. We're still looking for Lavero. The ship has has exited. Everybody's off. Where's Lavero? Oh, he. I, I think he fell off yeah. back in Cozumel. Um, by the way, yeah. I get seasick too. But cr- big cruise ships, you don't get seasick. Well, I guess you can if the weather gets bad and it gets rocky and the whole thing. Um, but I can't stand being on a small boat. I I don't do well on smaller boats, especially uh, when they're not moving. Me. Huh? It doesn't that doesn't bother, bother me. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Good job. Excellent job. It's, it seems like there may be more to come Thank on this. Thank you, boss. There, it, it might, there, there, could, there could be more to come on this story. There could be. Especially when they I try to so. do it next year. With the, I, bet the new, <laughs> I bet the new owner comes in and says, no fan cruises for a few years. <laughs> let's 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 focus on winning a Super Bowl. But you know this goes hand in hand, Tommy, because I talked about this yesterday on the um, on my podcast, uh, on on my podcast, on this podcast, our podcast. When Tommy's on on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the guy Will Misselbrook left the yes. franchise a few days ago, and it reminded me of that quote that we had hammered on you know, months back, you know, the quote where he had said, hold on, let me find it. Um, it was about essentially picking the name so that it could tie into, you know, things that had nothing to do with football. Here it is. Um, Will Misselbrook, um, you know, was asked about the, the new name at some point in the off season. And he said, well, you know, the name had to, you know, connote something more than just a football team. If your team name is an animal, you're kind of restricted. The name Commanders allowed us to go into a much bigger space, media, food, fashion, pop culture, music, and fan cruises. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> but he did say <laughs> media, food, fashion, pop culture, and music. And I remember reading that, and I was just, I vomited in my mouth. And I said, my God, how about we just focus on winning a Super Bowl? And that's when I put together my list, my top ten list of what I wanted in my new owner. Number one was I don't want the brand, I don't want people in my organization to be concerned about media, food, fashion, pop culture, and music when it comes to the brand. I want them to focus on the brand being about winning Super Bowls. And I want my new owner, when Will Misselbrook brings this up in the team you know, branding session, to laugh at him and say, no, Will, and don't ever, ever let me read that you, this is a quote from you. 
We suck, <laughs> and our fan base wants us to win games. That's what we need to be talking about. By the way, you know, this guy was very instrumental, a significant, you know, person in the new name and the in the branding and the new branding of the team, well, you know? But remember, th- th- this is the guy who I connected as the, the, the leak link. Yeah. Remember, this guy worked for Dow Jones. Right. Well, he owns we, the Wall Street exactly, Journal. Exactly. Before he got, I mean, uh, before he came to work for the commanders. And it was shortly after that that the glowing tribute to Dan Snyder appeared in the Wall Street Journal. Exactly. That was okay. probably his biggest and, accomplishment to get that story written for Dan. Yes. <laughs> and it was in the Wall Street Journal right. where the first set of leaks about John Gruden. And Jeff Pash came out. Right. The New York Times had the second set. And my conjecture, when I think most people do, I mean, I connected the dots on, on the commander's situation where I, I put it at the first leak at their doorstep. You did. And, you did. Uh, yeah. since, since those hearings, most people have bought into that. And I think the New York Times leak was done by the NFL because of the damage done to John Gruden from the Wall Street Journal League. They wanted to make sure that Gruden was uh, unhirable at that point. And they can use that in the lawsuit if you want, if, if, if John wants to do, use that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you were the first <clears throat> to say uh, these leaks in the Wall Street Journal, Andrew Beaton wrote the story. He's the guy that wrote that embarrassing puff piece about Snyder a few months yeah. ago. I mean, it, could it be that Dan leaked these emails to you know to try to bury Bruce? Look, <clears throat> we've talked about this. It was a boomerang. It, it, this is the irony yeah. of everything that's happening right now. Is he was pretty much on the way for the time being anyway as you say the passage of time never really helps Dan Snyder which is true so something else would have come up you know in you know this year next year the year after but they were pretty much in the clear until the email leaks to the journal and then to the times and then we got the house oversight and reform committee and then that led to the mary joe white investigation and that led to lawsuit after lawsuit and criminal investigation after criminal investigation and finally the other 31 owners throwing their arms up in the air and saying i uh, it's enough it's it, it, this we can't do this anymore um and and this is what you know this story of the 2020 toxic culture toxic workplace, sexual harassment, that had started, you know, I'm not saying, you know, reasonably so at all. There were still victims and alleged victims from that, and they still wanted, and they were still going to push for the Beth Wilkinson report to be made uh, public. But the, the bottom line is, it had kind of died down. And once those emails this, leaked... This gave it new life. Oh. It gave it much... It absolutely gave it new life. It gave it, it the a, House it, Oversight it like, Reform Committee investigation, yes, which yes, led to everything else yes. that we're still talking about yeah. that is essentially... F- yeah, because, because, <clears throat> because remember, the House Oversight Reform Committee, while, you know, while it, it became a part of their investigation, this was the, like you said, this was the impetus for them to say, well, this is a bigger thing than just the commander. Right. It's, it led this to Jason a, Friedman. 
It led to all yeah, that this stuff. This is a league-wide problem. Yes. You know, that's, that, that was the impetus for the hearing. Yeah. Was that you had the Raiders coach and an NFL, top-ranked NFL official, exchanging these emails. Yeah. That put it beyond the boundaries of the commanders. And again. And that was just a way to get into the commanders thing. But, but yeah. you're right. Uh, that, that, it, it had the exact opposite impact. Which it always does with him, because he's never been able to think beyond the emotion of the moment and what the ramifications are. Like, okay, we do this, what happens next? And even if he had people in the room saying, don't do this, this is going to resurrect this thing and it could lead to the... It, 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 none of that has ever mattered with him, from what I've been told over the years. It just doesn't matter. When he makes up his mind and he, he's you know acting on impulse, it happens. And look... I've said this a million times now over the last couple of years. There are a lot of things out there about Dan Snyder over the last several years that weren't true. We know that all of the Jeffrey Epstein things, that smear campaign wasn't true. And there were there are probably things out there, even from the House Oversight and Reform Committee and various investigations, that he is still sitting back going, uh, it's not true. I'm not who that investigation says I am. We didn't do those things. But it doesn't matter. Like I've said for months now, the big picture is he has to go. It doesn't matter if he's not, you know, culpable for every single allegation. He's got to go. The market isn't viable. They can't even sell out a fan cruise. I don't know if that's true or not. (laughs) But um, I've got something else to share with you that I talked about yesterday that I actually want your thoughts on. Uh, dealing with Aaron Rodgers, uh, I got a lot of feedback off of yesterday's show, which I very much appreciate. Some of it was I'm completely out of my mind, and some of it was actually very instructive. Uh, and I will share that with everybody and Tom right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This segment of the show brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC, and they'll double your first deposit all the way up to a 1000 Um The point spread in the Kansas, Kansas City-Cincinnati game has just been you know, fascinating to watch all week. Right now at MyBookie, Kansas City once again is the favorite. They're now a one-and-a-half point favorite over the Bengals. This is all 
Patrick Mahomes driven. The Chiefs opened at two and a half. It came down to like even, then went to Cincinnati minus two, and now is back to Kansas City minus one and a half after the report yesterday that Patrick Mahomes uh, participated fully in that practice and is good to go and looked good um, in practice. Um, But it's been interesting to watch one player and the news related to this one player move the line as much as it's been moved. Somebody out there is holding a Chiefs plus two um, and, uh, and a Cincinnati plus two tickets. That's a pretty good middle. Nice little four-point middle um, on, on the game on Sunday. But right now, Kansas City, one-and-a-half-point favorites at my bookie. Philly still remaining <clears throat> at two-and-a-half. And, you know, the public's really playing um, Cincinnati – and they are the game's a little bit more mixed on the 49ers and Eagles. I know a lot of you have told me that the action's all on San Francisco. It's not. I've gotten some information during the course of the week, but definitely the public action, the public action is on Cincinnati. The sharp action has gone back and forth here based on the Mahomes uh, information. Um, I'm looking forward, Tommy, to these two games, and I'll actually get your picks on these two games. Uh, before the end of the show. But go to mybookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC. Again, I've mentioned this, and they want me to mention it to you. If there is something in the promo code already written, you have to erase it and then write Kevin DC. All right, so um, there's some news in the NFL that's just broken. Nathaniel Hackett hired by the New York Football Jets to be their offensive coordinator, replacing... Mike LaFleur. Um, this is significant because this is going to really increase the speculation about an Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets, uh, which we talked about yes- yesterday <clears throat> as a team that's very similar to Washington in that they have an outstanding young defense. They've got playmakers. They've got Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And then they've got Brees Hall and Michael Carter in the backfield, but they've been without a quarterback. Um, Tommy, this is from Steven, who reached out to me on Twitter after yesterday, and I'll just update you real quickly. I suggested that Washington trading for Aaron Rodgers actually might increase the value of the franchise that's being sold right now. And I said, at the very least, you acquire Aaron Rodgers and you're going to sell out your fan crews, that's for sure. No, I didn't say that. But I did say if you, if you acquire Aaron Rodgers, you, Bank of America is going to have to tell every bidder to tear up the, the three- to five-year budget forecast that they have, especially the revenue forecast, because they got a new one coming. Because Aaron Rodgers would immediately increase and totally change the short-term, if not the long-term, revenue forecast for this team. And I don't know what that would mean in terms of valuation increase. It would increase it something. But, you know, I don't know. I don't really know how selling an NFL team works. I'm more familiar with selling a regular company and how that works, but an NFL team's far different. But anyway, I just suggested that, first of all, you become an immediate NFC contender. You are Your profile is elevated significantly, and you get immediate revenue increase on ticket sales and everything that comes off ticket sales and sponsorships, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, Stephen on Twitter um, sent me um, – 
Kevin, I'm involved in a lot of M&A work for a major bank. Listen to you all the time. Aaron Rodgers would definitely increase the value of the team. By how much? Question mark. As you mentioned, the revenue forecast would immediately be updated by Bank of America, by B of A. BOA. Um, now, the Jets are going to be the team that it's speculated he'll get traded to. That's a good young team. That's a football team with Aaron Rodgers on it this year would have been in the postseason. The Jets had a sh- and where And where do you think the NFL would rather have Aaron Rodgers if he's not going to stay <laughs> in Green Bay? Yeah, New York would in be New a pretty York. good spot. Yeah, with a team, by the yeah. way, that they'd love to see elevated once again. By the way, also... Yeah, the Jets... The Jets, I'm, I'm shocked at this. The Jets draw big time. Yeah, They're well, one of the top, top attendance teams in the, in the NFL, and I'm just shocked at that. Because I haven't been to a Jets game as a reporter in a long time, but when I have occasionally, I mean, the stands have always been empty. You know, but I mean, I look at their, their recent attendance, and it's, it's pretty high. It's like top four or five. Really? Is, is it really? Yeah. The Jets, huh? I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look that up because I actually um, – NFL attendance 2022. The J- Jesus, you're right. The Jets are number two. They're ahead, yes. of, the, they're ahead of the Giants. <laughs> That's <clears throat> just stunning to me. The Cowboys averaged 93,465 fans. They're number one. The Jets were number two at 78,009 fans. Now – there was a lot of excitement about the Jets early in this season. You know, they yes, they, there was. they they started off really well and I mean, weren't they they were like 5 and 1 at some point, I think, something like that. Um and then, you know, they and there was still, you know, some interest, I think, or some excitement perhaps um in their young quarterback who is clearly misguided in Zach Wilson. Um, Mike White came in, but you know they lost a lot of games. You know that were close games. That with Aaron Rodgers, they would have won. They, I mean, they would have been, um, they would have been in the postseason. Uh, and for those of you that pushed back and said Washington would not would not have made the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers this year, you guys are insane. Fortunately, I think there was yeah. only two people that tweeted that. Like, what planet are you on? They went eight eight and one with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. And Sam Howell, you know and by you the way, what? Sam Howell won one those, of those games. Um, those same people would tell you that if Sam Howell had been starting earlier, they would have made the playoffs. No, actually, I think they want you to know that Aaron Rodgers is not the answer. Sam Howell is the answer. Um, yes, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's no, no you're, right. You're, you're, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're yes, right. Yes, 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 yes. The yeah. same people who would say Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have made the playoffs would tell you that Sam Howell would have. Exactly. And you know what? Maybe he would have. Who knows? Because I don't know anything about Sam Howell, and nor do, do I. Nor do any of you. Um, the, no. Tommy, the Jets were second. The Giants were third. Now, Washington, I think most of you know, was not only dead last in attendance with an average of 58,106, they were also dead last in the percentage of capacity. Like, that wasn't even close. They were at 85.9% of capacity, um, and the next lowest was the Giants at 92.7%, interestingly. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, the team will tell you their attendance went up from last year. I know. It did. 
I, I, yes, I mean, it went up by about an average of five thousand a game. Yeah. Well, this was the first year and they, they finally. Yeah, this was the first year they finally acknowledged their new capacity, which was now I'm forgetting what it was. I think it's sixty-two thousand and change. It's sixty-two something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, eighty-five percent, fifty-eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. So sixty-two between sixty-two and sixty-three thousand uh, is where they were uh, in capacity this year. Um, so, but they were they were dead last in those categories as well. I wonder if we could get a listing on Pro Football uh, Reference on fan crews attendance percentage. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. I, I I don't I still believe I I do although the Nathaniel Hackett thing may change it a little bit wasn't Nathaniel Hackett at one point with the Jets I don't know I mean he, the, the whole reason supposedly the Broncos hired him was to get Aaron Rodgers to come there he's never been with the Jets okay my fault um, no. maybe Paul Hackett his father was I don't know uh, anyway. Um, I, I just I, I thought that uh, I thought that I just had that thought that you know. By the way, Paul Hackett was the Jets' offensive coordinator from 2001 to 2004. Um, okay, now let's get back to the Aaron Rodgers raise the value of the team. Yeah. Question. Yes. Okay. Uh, that doesn't take into account the ego of the new owner. Okay, who's going to sit back and say? I wanted to pick the quarterback. I wanted to decide who was going to be our quarterback. Yeah. Uh, well, what I I'm... mean, look, I know on I, I know on baseball teams, and unfortunately, uh, the learners have subscribed to this theory. Uh, there's a theory that you want to clear out as much payroll as possible. Now, baseball is different than football. Uh, to make it more attractive to sell, okay, to give the new owner all the options on personnel decisions. You're taking the most important personnel decision on the team out of the new owner's hands. Yeah, no, I understand that, but what I'm also doing is I'm handing him Aaron Rodgers in a season ticket base that is double what it was when he first looked at the book about buying the team. I can't imagine a new owner is going to say, "Yeah, don't give me a contender and a and a and a, a significantly increased uh, interest level in the team in year one." Now, the thing that you have to pair it with, I mean, first of all, again, hypothetical fantasy land, understood, okay. And those of you that reached out to tell me, what are you doing that for? I I, I acknowledge this is hypothetical fantasy land. But the reason that it was a subject is because Aaron Rodgers spoke about it on the Pat McAfee show. And Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter reported it over the weekend is that they, they, a trade was actually possible. And by the way, if this were just Snyder without selling the team, I'd be all in on it because this is the only way. To, to mask all of the dysfunction is to have a great quarterback. And those of you that suggest he's in, in decline, we can just agree to disagree on that. He's going to be in a state of decline at some point. I don't think uh, that, you know, two years uh, over, just over a year removed from his second MVP in three years, I saw some bad games this year. I also saw a bad team. Washington would have won 11 games with Aaron Rodgers this year as, his quarter, as their quarterback, minimum. 
Um, that's my view. But anyway, I, I hear what you're saying, but the, really it's the combination of what would excite and what would totally resuscitate and rejuvenate a, 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 a dormant fan base is the idea of Dan's gone and Aaron Rodgers is going to quarterback our team in the first year without him. And I, I, I can't yeah. imagine you'd lose a lot of bidders because they weren't able to make the trade for Aaron Rodgers themselves. I think it would be actually, it would increase the value of the team. I do. By what you know, factor, I don't know. Um, but it, you know, you you would as the as the guy that that mentioned that that tweeted me, he's like, you're 100 percent right. You would have to rip up the 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 five year forecast, the revenue forecast, and 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 hand it back out and say uh, we're much more bullish on not only current revenue but future revenue now that we've traded for Aaron Rodgers. But whatever, um, it I, it's not going to happen. It's he, he, you know, no. I still think it's Green Bay, but this Nathaniel Hackett thing is obviously very interesting. Very interesting. I think it, I think it could wind up with the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, I think he really could. Um, sure. Which I might want to point out, in my days of fandom, was my team. And I'd be very excited if I was still a Jets fan and Aaron Rodgers was my quarterback. Well, think about Absolutely. it. Two former Hall of Fame Green Bay Packer quarterbacks in New York. I mean, they had the one year with with Favre, which which didn't go, you know, uh, yes. spectacularly well. Um uh they Washington reached out to Anthony Anthony Lynn, you know, the former uh Chargers head coach who's out in San Francisco. Um, there's still, as far as you know, the recording of this podcast, there's still really not a lot of information on the OC search. I think I mentioned this yesterday, Ben Standig. Well, I didn't mention it. Ben mentioned it on the podcast yesterday. I thought it was very interesting that Ben connected the dots on Ken Zampezi and Andy Dalton. Um, Zampezi and Dalton are very good friends. Uh, I think uh, uh, Zampezi was in Dalton's wedding. Zampezi coached Dalton in Cincinnati when he was the OC, when Jay was, you know, after Jay was there and as the quarterback's coach when Jay was there. Andy Dalton would be the perfect for – look, if you're not going to get Aaron Rodgers, yes. would be the perfect yes. veteran to bring in. But I had they'd somebody – They'd be lucky to get – they'd be lucky to get, uh, to get him to I think come they, in here. I think among, that's true. Among – among the mediocre uh, to average fill-in guys, you know, the uh, guys to, you know, the, to get you through a period, he's the best one out there. Yeah, no, uh, Dalton for, you know, the, uh, you know, kind of the two to four million dollar veteran backup quarterbacks or potentially quarterbacks that would need to start on a team that's, you know, pretty decent um, I think would be about as good as they could do. I agree with that. I had somebody on yeah. from New Orleans this morning on the radio show, you know, because I, I wanted to ask about Sean Payton and what the situation is. Because, you know, New Orleans is kind of hanging by a thread on this Sean Payton stuff because if Sean Payton lands somewhere, the Saints are going to get a first-round pick, maybe more, you know, f- as compensation for Sean Payton. Meantime, he hasn't landed uh, anywhere. That's a, that's a subject for another day. But I asked him about Andy Dalton, and this guy said, you know, he played well. The Saints were one of those teams. I picked the Saints before the season started, Tommy, to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, to beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Obviously, you know, not even close, except for it was a good team 
um, at times. They just had a lot of injuries, and they were really close to to making a run there at the end. Um, but anyway, I think New Orleans might want to re-sign Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton might want to stay in New Orleans, where I think he would be the front runner to start, unless they're able to pull off a trade for somebody like Derek Carr. Um, and you know, J.I. Halsell was on with us yesterday. J.I. brought up something really interesting about Derek Carr. This is going to be fascinating. I bet you don't know about this. Um, I don't know. You could have been following it from the beginning of the year once it was announced um, that the fan cruise was going to happen, and maybe you've been waiting to talk about this. Um, I <laughs> no, this was interesting from J.I. yesterday. J.I. said that three days or a couple of days after the Super Bowl ends. The Raiders are on the hook for a lot of money in guaranteed dollars to Derek Carr. So if they don't get him traded in the next couple of weeks, they're going to cut him. And therefore, when we see the trade value for Derek Carr, if he actually gets traded, it's not going to be very much because the Raiders have, like, no leverage, which is one of the reasons they sort of started down this process with Carr earlier than – you know, the end of the season. We'll see what happens with Carr, but it's going to be funny if Derek Carr goes for like a fifth rounder or like a conditional fourth rounder to somebody. And Washington, in the, in a similar situation with Carson Wentz, a lesser quarterback who was also going to be released, gave up, you know, a second, a third, switched spots in the second, almost gave up two twos, um, and, you know, picked up his whole salary, which, you know, somebody's going to have to do if he gets cut anyway. Um, anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, off of Dalton, yeah, I would – if Zampezi's the guy, if that's the way they go because he's in-house, he's cheap, you know, he's a known entity, he's been working with Sam Howell for a year. If they end up going that route, just remember what Ben said yesterday. There's a real relationship between Zampezi and Dalton, and there aren't a lot of options out there for a veteran quarterback. No, there's not. So, or for an offensive coordinator, for that matter. Yeah, that that too. There are, and there's a lot of competition for not a lot of yes. OC talent out there. Yeah, Anthony Lynn. What do you think that conversation between Kyle Shanahan and Anthony Lynn is like about him coming to for an interview in Washington? Oh my God, good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Anthony. Don't... I mean, Anthony Lynn is the assistant head coach there. His title. Yeah, well, his assistant head coach. Well, yeah, for a lot of these, yeah, I mean, well, he was, you know, the head coach for four, three or four years I know. in in for the I Chargers. Know. Yeah, you yeah. know, he, he coached the Chargers into that postseason where with Rivers, where they they actually, I thought they were going to do some damage um, because they had beaten well, they KC beat, they beat late the Ravens. Well, they beat Didn't the they? Ra- they beat the Ravens that one year um, in the wild card game. That was the game, by the way, that Lamar Jackson came in for Joe Flacco, and eventually yeah. that was it. That was the beginning of the yeah. Lamar Jackson era. Um, but in, uh, was it 2017 or 2018 where the Chargers, um, I thought, had a legitimate chance? No, you, you might be right. It might have been the 2018 season. They beat Baltimore, and then they lost to New England. And remember, a lot of people thought they had a chance to go into Foxborough and win. Yeah, that was it. Because they had beaten the Chiefs at Arrowhead late in the year in a, in a Thursday night game that was just a spectacular football game and then they played Baltimore I'm looking at their schedule from that year they played Baltimore in a game the following week that if they had won they would have perhaps won the AFC West and had a better you know track to the Super Bowl I was following them back then because I was a big Philip Rivers fan as many of you 
know and make fun of me for. I don't know why you make fun of me for being a Philip Rivers fan. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, that's not even yeah. a debate. Uh, first ballot, okay, maybe not, um, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, can we talk about the Washington Wizards when we come back? Because we crushed them for the sure. Hachimura trade the other day. Um, but they're on a four-game winning streak. I also want to recap the Terps win over Wisconsin. We'll finish up that way when we come back right after these words from a few of our sponsors. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. All right, this segment of the show brought to you, Tommy, by our good friends down at Shelly's Backroom. Yeah, this, this uh, Sunday I'm looking forward to the NFC and AFC uh, playoff games, and I, I enjoy watching football with my brother-in-law here at the condo, right. uh, who we share the condo with down here in Miramar Beach. But I just we were, wish we were sitting in Shelly's Backroom watching it, because it's a great place to watch football. Look, it's a great place to watch sports. You know, it's not a sports bar, but it's a great place to watch sports. They have, uh, I think, six or seven TVs all over the place in both rooms. That's the one thing about Shelly's. They have a second room. Yeah, uh, right. You know, they have the main room, and then they have the side room. And uh, there's usually, you know, great seating available, uh, great views of the screens. Uh, there's great Bar food, in addition to quality, you know, menu items. Uh, my favorite are the chicken tenders because they have, I mean, you know, sometimes you have chicken tenders and, you know, it's like they got them out of, uh, you know, the uh, Purdue bag. It's not chicken breast tenders. It's like chicken, you know, knuckles. Um, as as fingers, yeah, yeah. And, and and they're grotesque, yeah. of course. Everybody understands the difference well, between a really good chicken nugget and a chicken nugget that was put together with parts. Well, well these are chicken tenders that are the real deal. <laughs> I mean, that, that you all enjoy, uh, and it, it's it's my favorite there. So, even though I'm going to be enjoying the game Sunday, my heart's going to be at Shelley's, uh, smoking a stogie, drinking an Amstel Light, and. Uh, eating some chicken tenders 
If I can't be there, you should be there. Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street, Northwest in the district. You know, Tommy, you stumbled onto a pretty good slogan. Um, you know, we're not a sports bar, but we're a great place to come watch sports. I actually much prefer a place like Shelley's to hang out and watch sports than an actual sports bar. I'd much rather be at a bar with, with TVs watching sports that isn't a sports bar. I've always felt that way. Sports bars, you can have them. I don't like to be in a place with a bunch of dudes with, what was Carson Wentz's jersey number this year? Number 11, number 11, Kevin. Yeah, so a, a commander's jersey number 11 with instead of Wentz on the back, they've got, you know, Murdaugh on the back. By the way, I brought up Murdaugh because I was watching the initial statements of this Alec Murdaugh trial. Did you Have you followed any of this? Do you know? Uh, the... Very, very little. Oh, my God. This thing is. I know. It's some kind of doctor who made. Who made up the lawyer. death of his wife? Or lawyer. Something like lawyer. He's a he's okay. a lawyer. He's a prosecutor in South Carolina. It appears as if he murdered his wife and his son. But there's so much more to this story that's fascinating. Uh, this is one of those things I might get caught up in this trial. We might be doing Alec Murdoch trial updates on the podcast. But anyway, do you like going to a sports bar? I don't like sports bars that much. They don't bother me. I'll just tell you this, since we're still in the Shelleys. The quality of a conversation that you have with the guy next to you at Shelley's back room, Yes, it's going to be a little bit better than the quality of conversation you have with the guy wearing a jersey at the sports bar. No doubt. And we've had some great conversations with, by the way, many of our listeners at Shelley's when you've had your event before, which is always nice. Yes. Um, all right, Shelley's back room, Thirteenth and F Streets Northwest. I, I wanted to, I, I, I want to talk a little basketball here, but then I also want to ask you about Scott Rowland, and I want to get your um, championship game prediction since you're not going to be on the show tomorrow. So the Wizards have now won four games in a row. Um, I know they beat the worst team in the NBA last night, but it was a back to back, and they didn't have Monte Morris, and there's no Porzingis still, and. You know, there's no Hachimura anymore. And they came, by the way, from 10 down. Um, and Kyle Kuzma is, he's having just a great season. Like, he is proving every time I watch him, to me anyway, this guy is a, is a star player. You know, he's not an elite top 10, top 15 player. But this guy, along with Bradley Beal and Porzingis, is a really good three, group of three, that you should be able to win 47, 48, 49 games with. You really should. He's that good. He had 20 in the fourth quarter, and they came back and they won a game they needed to win. Um, I say needed to win. My preference would be that you know they tank and they get into the lottery. But they've won four in a row, and they haven't been fully healthy. And the two games they lost during this stretch were winnable games against the Warriors and the Knicks. Kendrick Nunn, by the way, had a really good game for them last night in his first game. Uh, he had like in 20 minutes or 22 minutes, he had 12 points um, and you know four assists. He looked really good. It's really interesting. The Wizards and the franchise, okay, they suck. We know that, okay? You can post Tommy Shepard's record starting next week if you want to. But this team is actually a team with some pretty good players on the team. They have some good players on the team. 
if they were to get into the postseason as you know a play-in seven seed, are they going to beat Brooklyn? Are they going to beat Milwaukee? Are they going to beat Boston? No, no, they're not. Um, but I think they have the capability of getting into a best of seven series this year. Uh, but not if they keep losing players okay, left everybody. and right. Everybody out oh, there that's listening, I know here we got comes. a lot of listeners. Here it comes. Okay. If, if, you, if you believe in prayer, say a prayer. For me. Okay. How many times have you, yes, because how many times have you, all of us, heard Kevin do this? I know. You know, it's as, as, if, as if he has, like, a basketball in his brain that blocks <laughs> the intelligence and memory part of it sometimes. I mean, I, it's the same conversation I, that goes nowhere yeah. down that it's like let's it's that it's like a choice of eight different one-way roads with dead end and you're happy to drive down every one i it's just unbelievable i am willing to do I that mean, it's, with it's, this it's, franchise it's, you're right it's, i have been willing to do that with this franchise and i i know the story i know the ending you know <laughs> i mean presley beal i mean isn't it it's, it's a bit disgusting and he's the highest-paid athlete in the history of D.C. sports. It I, really is. Okay, that's true, and it's also true that he is, you know, you could you could come up with a much worse ambassador for your franchise than Bradley Beal. And he's a good player. He's a top 25 player in the NBA when he's healthy. Um, you're right. Okay, so let's start giving him. I do you this do. too much. They, I mean, let's they're, they're start giving him, you know, he's a, he's a great ambassador. Let's change the name to the ambassadors. Nobody likes the Nobody, Wizards. No. Let's uh, call them the ambassadors. And then let's watch, then let's call the football team the Wizards. Um, <laughs> I, I understand I've done this before, and I understand that more times than not I've been totally wrong. I think, by the way, I was right, though, about Wall and Beal and that team with Gortat and Nene and Trevor Ariza and – and some of those teams, I think I was right that if they had stayed yeah, the, the, the course, Randy, the Randy Whitman, coach yeah, if they had team. stayed the course, that they would have eventually played at least in an Eastern Conference Finals. But, but whatever, that they weren't going to win a championship. This team's actually fun to watch. Kyle Kuzma is a fun player to watch. He's a really good player. Daniel Gafford is fun to watch. Uh, Corey Kispert's starting to, to shoot the ball pretty well. They, they they don't have an elite player. Oh, he's a stiff. Who Corey Kispert? He's a stiff. He's a stiff. Just like every draft. Just like where? Hey, where's their number one draft pick? <laughs> uh, he's in the G League. Um, Corey Kispert I mean, is. Corey Kispert's a role player. Stiff is the wrong word. Stiff is the wrong is the wrong word. He's a role player. He's a, he's a he's a three yeah. point shooting role player. Okay, six six. He was a number one pick, wasn't he? He was a first round pick. Yes, he was. Yeah. 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 First round pick. Right. Well, he's not out of the league, is he? It's unbelievable. Spurrier. No, he's not. He's he's still in the league. <laughs> okay. And he shoots. And and, and I All love right. how I, I get it. The, Fine. The, the last thing the NBA uh, is is fun. Actually, the last thing. Actually, the NBA can be fun on nights like last night. Dame Dame Lillard had sixty. He scored twenty consecutive points in the game. Um, for, Just like for I Portland. used to watch at the Y 
in East in Strauss. By the way, there was a guy, Tommy Imani Bates, who was a super high recruit um, by Memphis, uh, by Penny uh, Hardaway a couple of years ago, and he ended up transferring to Eastern Michigan. The other night in a college basketball game, in a 40-minute college basketball game, he had 43 points, but that's not the story. He scored 29 consecutive points for his team to end the first half. And I read that, and I'm like, that has to be a record, but it's not. Some dude in 1957 in a college game playing for Temple scored 54 consecutive points. I mean, they may have been playing wow. half-court with peach baskets. Um, but still, I, was, I thought, my God, 29 consecutive points. That's pretty damn impressive. Um, all right, I'll move off the NBA and the Wizards. Uh, thankfully, I'm sure. Maryland had a really impressive game last night. They beat the shit out of, of Wisconsin. Um, the game got close briefly in the, in, the, in the first half. It was 32-28 at halftime. But if you were watching this game, Maryland was the better team. That They, they were the team with more energy um, from the jump. It's a game they really needed. They're starting to really play well. I, it's very obvious now as we are nine games into their 20-game Big Ten schedule what Maryland has to be. They have to defend every night, which they really do. Kevin Willard's done a really good job. And this was a strength of Turgeon, too. Maryland was always a strong defensive team. They appear to be that under Willard. They've really struggled offensively in a lot of the games that they've lost and been blown out in, and it's been mostly on the road. Uh, they, you know, they took it on the chin to UCLA at home you know, back in December. Um, but they have really, over the last couple of weeks, they beat Ohio State at home. They played Iowa better than the score indicated. They beat Michigan at home. And then they went to, you know, the very end with Purdue, the number one team in the country, in West Lafayette on Sunday in an incredible game, a game I think they were completely hosed by the officiating. Um, We talked about that, Scott, and I talked about that on Monday. Last night I thought was their best game since early in the season. They were outstanding. Everybody contributed. I personally was most impressed with with Hakeem Hart's aggressiveness on offense. I've I've been wanting more of that. Um, he is 6'8". He's a guard. He's long-armed. There are matchups that are mismatches with him. Uh, but they got out and ran last night. How did they get out and run? Because they made shots, so they were able to get into their press. And when shots were missed, they rebounded them. And if they run, if they're out playing fast, they can be a very good team. And Jameer Young, Tommy, the transfer from Charlotte, just ended up going for 20-plus for the fourth time in the last five games. He's got a stretch of 30, 20, 26, and he had 10 in the second half at Purdue, 22 last night. And right now, he is pushing the upper echelon of the Big Ten. He's not going to be the player of the year. Edie is the player of the year. And, you know, the big guy at at Indiana, um, uh, 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 Trace Jackson's going to be probably the runner-up. Okay? But... He's got a chance to be an all-Big Ten first-team player with the way he's playing. He has been outstanding. Maryland is playing well. Willard's figuring out the Big Ten. He's figuring out what his team needs to do to win games, preferably continue to defend and then play faster. More possessions in the game certainly help them. 
Um, and knocking down a few threes help him as well. Very impressive win. Dante Scott played well. Reese had another good game, but he was in foul trouble. Um, really like what the Terps have done here over the last week. They've got a game Saturday against Nebraska. If they win that, they're back at 500 in the Big Ten, and they are on their way. I mean, they're basically in every bracketologist field right now. They could play their way out of it. Um, but they've got a chance in his first year, and this was not the expectation at the beginning of the year, to be a tournament team, which would be great. So there you go. That's my Maryland recap. Any questions? Good. I have no questions. Are you paying attention? Yes, I am. You are? How many points did Dick how many points did Juan Dixon have last night? Um tell me why Scott Rowland got in over Jeff Kent. To the Hall of you Fame. You know, that's, that's a real good question. Uh, Jeff Kent, I voted for Jeff, Jeff Kent almost every year he's been on the ballot. Okay? He's the best-hitting second baseman, in, uh, save for Roger Hornsby, of course, uh, in the history of baseball. Okay? He's had 800-plus RBI seasons in his career. He was the NL MVP. Right. In 2000, and he's been a five-time All-Star. Okay, I don't. I mean, I think, I think he, he got overshadowed by Barry Bonds. I think people didn't give him the credit because Bonds was in a lineup with him. He's a very unlikable guy. He was with writers, but I've always point out to people that there was nobody more unlikable than Eddie Murray, and he got in first ballot, right? Hall of Fame. So I don't think the writers necessarily hold this against guys maybe a handful do but i think if you've got the production they they vote you in uh on that just not not how you treated them as reporters i think jeff kent will get in what now he's off the ballot now. right he's off the ballot this is his last year yeah well that's wrong and i think the veterans committee will fix that what was that's your ballot one the, that's one that the, my ballot i voted for three guys uh i voted for jeff kent I voted for Billy Wagner, who uh, is sixth all-time in saves, but uh, had a 2.31 ERA and almost 1,200 strikeouts. Is one of the most dominant, probably the most dominant left-handed uh, reliever, uh, uh, closer of all time. And I voted for Roland. You know, I think Roland was overlooked. I mean, but, yeah, here, here, Roland has benefited getting in. On a pretty weak ballot, okay, the ballots have uh, have been stronger for much of the time that Roland was on the ballot. And there's a lot of voters who don't like to vote for a lot of guys. Uh, I didn't vote for Roland that much until the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, but uh, I was on board with him this time around, you know. He's seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove winner. Uh, was probably the best third baseman of his era. And, I mean, if you can say that, then I think you're a Hall of Famer. You know, and I think I think that uh, Roland can do that. What's interesting, he won eight gold gloves. Yeah. That's half the amount that Brooks Robinson won. That's unbelievable. Brooks Robinson won six Was Roland a better gloves. defensive third baseman than Kent was a second baseman? Yeah. Yeah, Kent's not a strong defensive second right. baseman, but he wouldn't kill you. But his he numbers, but, 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 but his numbers kind of dwarfed Roland. Yes, I mean, yeah. that... well, Roland was again, again third base. You know, people have brought up 
But what about Don Mattingly? Why isn't Keith Hernandez in the Hall of Fame? Uh, they, in a lot of ways, they have better numbers than Roland. Uh, they played first base. And look, Keith Hernandez is the greatest first baseman uh, defensively I've ever seen. Yeah. I always said he played first base like a middle linebacker. But it's still first base. And look at all the great first basemen that, that there have been in history with 500-plus home runs and, and things like that. It's hard to get in because people consider position. Third base, uh, after shortstop, third base is the most demanding position on the infield. Okay? So I think people are going to judge Scott Rowland's defensive skills more than they will uh, Keith Hernandez's defensive skills at first base. Your boy Dusty Baker said about Jeff Kent, he said, this cat should be in the hall. Jeff Kent was one of the best clutch men I ever had that played for me. I love Jeff, Jeff Kent. He should be in the Hall of Fame, period. Um, Baker managed, I think he'll him, get in. managed him for six I think years he'll get in. in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, he's, he's got no red flags to keep him out. Uh, I think he'll get in. Um, all right. A Rod's A Rod's numbers were down low. Uh, Manny Ramirez's numbers were down low. That that made me feel good. So uh, I don't think those guys are ever getting in. All right. Give me your predictions on the uh, on the two championships two championship games. Philadelphia, San Francisco first. Uh, I like Philly in this. I like Philly in a twenty-two to seventeen game. All right. What about KC and Cincinnati? Uh, I'm I'm riding with the Bengals, baby. I'm riding with Smokey Joe, Smokey Joe Burrow. Uh, light up that cigar, baby. Bengals win, uh, thirty-five to twenty-eight. Well, maybe he'll go to a Waffle House after the win. Um, <laughs> all right. Good show. Thanks. I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend. Okay, boss. You too. All right. That's it for the day. I'll be back tomorrow, but I'm going to leave you with something here for you longtime Washington Redskin fans. 31 years ago today, January 26th, 1992, Super Bowl 26 at the Minneapolis Metrodome, Washington 37, Buffalo 24, capping off what I think is the greatest season in franchise history. I don't really think it's debatable. And what many think, and I don't think that this is that much of a reach, the greatest season by any Super Bowl team during the Super Bowl era. Yeah, there are uh, there are analyses out there like Football Outsiders and their DVOA metric that ranks the 91 skins as the greatest Super Bowl winner of all time. USA Today a few years ago named the 1991 Skins as the greatest Super Bowl champion of all time. It was their most complete team. It was their most dominant team. They won that Super Bowl 31 years ago today. Imagine if we were told 31 years ago, for those of us that remember it, I was there. I was there with the person who would become, a few years later, my wife. We were there as boyfriend and girlfriend for a weekend. My brother came along. 
It was a wonderful trip, actually. Minneapolis, you wouldn't think, would make for a great Super Bowl venue. And it was cold. Um, But, man, the parties, the bars, you walked on these skyways in downtown Minneapolis to get from one place to another. It snowed the entire time. And then the game, of course, was glorious. Uh, But if we were told 31 years ago that that was going to be it, we would have obviously told that person that told us that that they were insane. Uh, But it was true. 31 years later, we're still looking for, you know, just a Super Bowl to sniff just to get within a few weeks of the Super Bowl would be nice. Winning a playoff game at this point uh, would be nice. Uh, I'm going to leave you, though, with how the CBS broadcast with Pat Summerall and John Madden opened that Super Bowl 26 day. Today, the dream is reality as grown men become little boys again, living out their fantasy in front of the entire world. AFC's best team make their second straight Super Bowl appearance, loaded with all sorts of offensive weaponry. The Hogs are the heart and soul of the Washington Redskins, paving the way for football's highest scoring team. It's a dream matchup, the two best teams in football on a day made for dreams. Dome in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, the Washington Redskins, the Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl number 26. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.